Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today I'm excited to talk to Rob Solly. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Rob's a personal trainer and host of the Harporic podcast. Is that the right pronunciation? That is, if it ever comes to light. (laughs) A new show for personal trainers looking for advice on building their business. So, um, obviously, you said that um, you've been cycling a lot this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I've been out and about around London. You know, that's what I do. I've got people to visit, clients to see, people to train. Um, I'm I just love it. Mm-hmm. I love the cycling around London as well. It's, it's a lot easier. And you get to see a lot. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I don't wear a helmet or anything like that. I just... And freestyle. I, I freestyle. I actually feel pretty safe. A lot safer <laughs> than I feel out where I live, which is more the sticks kind of area. Tell me three things that make you smile. Well, I suppose I should say world peace, unicorns <laughs> and uh, chocolate. But I'm just going to say three things that make me smile presently. Mm. Um, that is definitely makes me smile when I don't really want to do a session and I do a session and like, I know how to get the, 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 the lime, I squeeze the lime juice out of the session. So that satisfaction is a smile. Um, uh, I've got a 10 week old son mm. and he likes being in the bath and when he's in the bath and he smiles, I smile. I'm amazed at how much I actually smile at that because I'm quite a grinchy person when it comes to that thing. Never thought I wanted kids or anything like that. And also, I suppose a third one is when a track comes along and it just warms my heart, a song. And uh, so like Weezer, the band Weezer released a new sort of EP last week and there was one song on it and I just, you know, it's on loop, it's on loop and I'm <laughs> hairbrushing it around my house. I'm not joking. I, I, that, I may not smile physically, yeah. but it really makes my heart smile. Amazing. Music. Amazing music. Exactly. So um, you have a background in martial arts. Is that how you became a personal trainer or how did that transition? And, and to- Totally. That you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. So I was, I never um, uh, had an ambition to be a coach or a trainer, um, but I definitely didn't see the world of fighting like perhaps my contemporaries, perhaps some of my teachers and my peers that I was around saw it like that. And I started, I lived in Blackheath at the time. I just started inviting some of the guys up to the Heath on Saturday, just one or two. And I'd be like, I think we should maybe do it like this and let's work on these things. And that was genuinely my evolution because I just had perhaps ideas. And I think the biggest mistake in martial arts as teachers is that most teachers uh, were fighters and then they evolved to teachers. And at that point, they sort of go, oh, I'm going to teach people how to fight like how I fight, rather than looking at the athlete and looking at the individual, which was very much my school of thought. How do I... How do I make this person awesome? Perhaps he's nothing like me, but how do I make him awesome? And I still see that a lot. I went to a new class last week and, you know, it, the even though the world of sort of sport has advanced and some aspects, particularly in MMA, mixed martial arts, have blown up and evolved, it was like going back to 1994. It really was, reminded me of like starting as a kid and just... The the gentleman just hadn't thought about coaching. Mm. He just took, went hand to mouth, and uh, you know there's a there's a great evolution in it. And um, so to go back to that story, the there was a lady who on Black Keith who used to come up to me and ask me to train her. And I was like, I'm not a coach, and she kept coming back. 
and I eventually put her on the pads and to this day I still train her. So I owe her combination of some of my friends who are encouraging me already saying, look, you're already a coach. Give up your job. Just go do this and you'll be fine. And I've got to say, I was, you know, it was was hard (laughs) to give up that job because, you know, you're scared, right? Of course. But um, it worked out. Or it's working out. Exactly. And I think it's really good, like you said, about personalizing it for everyone. That's important. Not just one method, but kind of making something that's individual. Completely. I was just at a a gym this morning and um, I was looking at some of the other coaches. My client was, you know, he's a rock star. He was half hour late. Actually, about 45 minutes in the end. But um, I I was looking at the other trainers because I need someone to sort of cover me at the minute. And I'm sort of reviewing my head. And I, I know that their warm-up, that their, when I'm looking at them, or some of them, I know that their warm-up is the same warm-up they use with client A as they use with client C. And there may be some non-negotiables. But, you know, when I look at my clients, and if you were to look at my, like, the workouts that I did today that are on my phone... They're chalk and cheese because the the need of client A is not the same as client B. So that personalization, it's there in the title, personal trainer. But we're not trained that way. We haven't evolved our craft that way yet. And how do you feel leading on from that? Does your approach to personal training differ from others? What kind of is your ethos or what is your, is there a method? or this, this, Yeah, I, I'm a... I'm a geek and a junkie mm. for it. So I, I love reading and learning about it. And um, it super excites me to, you know, and it is such a cliche and I do feel like a right dick saying it, but it is so true that if you get me started on a tangent or someone, I find someone interested I'm a parasite. I want to go and learn from them. And for example, there's a gym in Miami that have had this uh, wave of Uber athletes through them. And they're only a small gym. And I'm like, what, what is going on here? Why can they, why are so many high level athletes, whether it be from the NBA, the NFL, a whole variety of sports, are going to this one little gym and um, they're having really long careers? Mm. You know, so they're still active in the NBA at 40. You know, who does that? Very few. And so I, you know, I've been over several times to learn their methods and just so happens out there, you wander in the street, you find something else. And I I stumbled across someone else that I think is ahead of the game. And I like, hey, can I have your number, please? Can I have a lesson? You know, I'm, I'm forever a student. And I, again, it's a cliche, but I think that it comes from the martial arts. I was always a, a guy with a cup half full, no, half empty. <laughs> I was always wondering about what I didn't know rather than what I did, mm. you know, and that, that meant I wasn't brave enough in some areas, but it meant that I definitely had an appetite to go out and draw things in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting that they talk about kind of lifelong learning and that's what you're, you know, um, kind of getting to. Completely, it? but it's not specific. Exactly. You know, like I say, you know, I just exactly. do it because I think that's what I do. And I do have, I want to be better. I mm. want to do better. I, I do want to be the best coach in Britain. You know, like... It, what what sort of where I am at the minute, which is a great place to be, I need to somehow build on this because the clients that I've got at the minute, I may never have this again. I seem to have this great elixir. So I've got to figure out a way because the one thing, Dr. Richard. Yes. <laughs> don't just put your doc. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> is um, I'm not a businessman. Mm. You know, like um, I, I, had, I had someone around last night who was telling 
my girlfriend that when she contacted me to train, she couldn't believe my price. She had thought it would be a really high price and it was just this. And that's how I see training. Like, I'm very confident in myself that I'm, I'll give you my arm, my leg, I'll get up that bit earlier. I'm always there before you. I'm always set up and prompted. But should exercise be something that is 200 pounds an hour? Mm. I'm not I, I'm not too sure. And ultimately, a lot of these people I've met and come across that are charging big prices, a lot of them are on the confidence game. Mm. I, I sort of talk to them and I'm like, ah, oh, your well isn't that deep. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that may be me being a little bit arrogant on that, but I just sort of think it's sort of personal training has run into this who's bigger, who's better, where the personal trainer has become the rock star. But I would say I am the personal trainer who trains the rock stars. I'm not the rock star. They are. I don't want that job. I want to be the best coach. Well, we were going to actually ask a little bit about that, kind of the challenges of working for yourself as opposed to kind of working in a big gym. And and what do you find on that, you know, um, kind of being everything yourself? Well, so I... I I go to the gym myself. I've always gone to the gym and I love gym and I see the trainers on the floor and sometimes they're dead, sometimes they're alive and I'm always talking to them. And I I want, if I can, I want to help. And I do think that gyms could do a lot more for trainers. Mm. There's got to be a better cut. First Mm. of all, you've got to get the trainers to invest. For example, some of the leading chains, they take the majority of the money. Let's just say I'm earning 60 pounds, take the majority of that. Well, at least make it a 50-50 split. Mm. At least. They've mm. got to change their mindsets, mm. the, the the gyms, to help personal trainers. And they've got to evolve their growth. We talk about being the best, train like an athlete. All these, the gyms, many gyms, some are, by the way, you know, like uh, I got to drop in here, you know, like uh, some gyms like Third Space look after their trainers. That's my gym, and, actually. Is it? All right, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I know I know a couple of those guys. So, oh, you know, it's like, amazing. And girls, so, um, I'm very passionate about that. Yeah, place. and they, well, they do, and they invest in their training. You know, I heard a couple of them speak at a conference a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, even though I did think they were a bit bread and butter in the way that they talked about training you know i always want to hear fresh ideas because i want to steal things so maybe you know that's just that's just me um it's clear that they invest in the education and and i'd love a gym like that to do well and maybe be able to franchise or grow bigger like get one in bristol one in manchester one in glasgow one in leeds and beyond because if they're setting a standard that's a good standard and helps elevate trainers and therefore elevates the people that go to gyms and that can just be the general user. You go out, you look out, and you can see, oh, that's how I do it. This is the standard. Oh, that's how you should lift. Or you might, you want a trainer that's open to someone coming to you and going, can you show me this? Because I would. Mm. That's the difference. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I will if you come train with me for 60 quid. It's a pleasure mm. for me to show you that one. T- if you want to come train with me, yeah. Mm. But if you're stuck on this and it's two, five minutes of my time, no worries. And um, to go back to that, to what to what we're saying at the beginning about the actual gyms, it's so true that that method isn't employed in a lot of the other gyms. So I think perhaps you've got to go to a gym, build up your base, build up your knowledge, be around other trainers, be around that environment, uh, put in an apprenticeship, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been an intern myself in training, which is something I would massively advise that isn't really done in the UK. Um, and there you're going to grow you're going to learn and maybe you'll say, I like this, I don't like that. And ultimately then you can go on into the big bad world 
yourself, but you're equipped to go on into that big, bad world. So, you know, some people might just want to stay in the gym. Trainers, it might really suit them and their vibe and stuff like that. But um, a lot of trainers are ambitious, right? Mm. So, you you know, if you're for on a, ever on a 50-50 split you can or whatever, you can only ever go so far and, you know, we want to go beyond that. And um, we've talked a little bit, you built your own gym. So yeah, how is that going? Oh, it was a nightmare, Doc. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So I bought a house. Are you ready for this? Yes. I bought a house uh, with a really big outbuilding. Mm. Yep. It was 12 metres long. Had decking outside. It needed some love, but it was there. When I turned up to the house, the lady had knocked a third of it down. Mm. So like, I'm suddenly, I've maxed out on the house. I've got no cash. But I made it happen, Doc, and that's good. That's that's one it's of the things. It's a good story. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things. So now you know the flooring's done, and I, I tried to pull in favors. I spoke to people, you know, it didn't quite go the way I want. There's two bits of equipment that I am desperate for, but I'm going to have to wait for them mm. because I don't have the money for them. But uh, it's really bespoke. Ultimately, if you were to come in, you'd come around my house and you'd go, "Ah, oh, I didn't expect that." Mm. Like look, you'd walk into it, you'd walk in and go oh, my God, but it's about the details and they're the things that I've learned from someone else. And that gym isn't for me. It's for me to train people and for those people that I train to get the most out of their training. And so it's been purposely built, you know, arranged with that in mind. And I would say a lot of other facilities aren't. Mm -hmm. Thought about it a lot and I asked smarter people than me, what would you do this? How would you do that? What about this? It sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, Doc, <laughs> I've got to it's come an open invitation. It. <laughs> you come around, get the train to Broxbourne. I'll pick you up. You can come Absolutely. with producer Mike. And away you go. I'll be dead afterwards. <laughs> That's all right. I'll drop you back at the station. <laughs> so um, tell us about the Habori podcast. Um, how did you get involved? And and to what do you aim to you know kind of get from this? Well, as you can see, I'm not a very shy person. Mm-hmm. I love talking. That may be... <laughs> that helps. <laughs> that does, particularly in training. You know, sometimes with people, I am a little quieter sometimes. But um, I want to um, I want to train. I want them to get the most out of them. Perhaps I want to distract them. Perhaps I want to get in the mood. And conversation is a great way of doing that and taking reads of people. But the Hapori podcast, when um, a guy that I sort of know called Hi, he approached me about it. Um, I said to him, the one thing I would like from a trainer's perspective is a podcast that can help trainers out. So it is specifically for trainers to come and we might explore questions and we will have guests. And even though those guests tell their story and there's lots of colours, like if you were to come on and tell your story, there'd be all these different colours from your life. I want to get from you why, because you have a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. as you've already told Mm me, um, why you go to a personal trainer what you get out of it, what keep, what keeps you coming back. I want the training world to know uh, what the public want and how professionals uh, deal with things, you know, so they can they can get levels, they can get inspiration. So that was sort of my understanding of it, and that's where I would like to take it. And um, there had been a couple of podcasts before, and one that started and stopped quite quickly that I was like, oh, I really liked that podcast. It was sort of leading me somewhere. Mm. And so maybe we've picked up the baton of that. But Hapori is a um, a trainer's platform, so an online oh. training platform. So it makes sense that it ties in with those guys and how they want to project. They want to project. They want to have the best trainers, right? Exactly. You're going to be successful if you've got the best trainers. So 
That's great. There you go. Well, we were going to ask as well um, what kind of guests you're going to have on um, and what does Harpori mean? Has it got a meaning? Oh, or? yeah, right. <laughs> My God, this is the pressure, Doc. This is the pressure. I believe it is Maori for community. Oh, wow. I wanna, I wanna, I'm pretty sure it's Maori. That's you know? cool. Yeah, so... Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, once we're warriors and all that. Exactly. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and other than fitness, obviously... You love music and play guitar, and we talked a little bit about you know music making you smile, yeah, and definitely. how important it is to you. Um, do you get much time to still, you know, um, spend time on music as another passion? Or I don't, I don't. Uh, even though I can play the guitar, I don't really pick up the guitar anymore. You know, I'm uh, uh, quite all or nothing, and I think if I did. I would have dreams of a rock star. I'm going to see Guns N' Roses on Saturday night. Amazing. So I leave them wow. to be the rock stars <laughs> and I just I just sit back and enjoy it. Incredible. <laughs> and you've also just had a baby. I have, yeah. <laughs> Not me personally, my partner, but yeah. A little son, funny enough, called Axel. Oh, Axel really? Gray, wow. named after Axel Rose. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Not, not that I'm a junkie or anything like that to <laughs> it. But, and we was at a sensory play group last week where there was a kid called Bowie. And oh, I'm just sat there going, it's Bowie and Axel. Oh, you two got to start a duo. <laughs> Can be the new right said Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's it like being a new father? Um, I, I don't know what to say. You know, like um, you just you just go day to day. Mm. I had no plans. We were, m- me and my uh, girlfriend, we were out the night before. Mm. We went to dinner at Selfridges State in the hotel because it was a planned C-section. And uh, we're watching the football and it very much carried on like that. You know, we just try to stay relaxed, be true to ourselves. Yeah, the sleep sucks. And yeah, having someone in your hand who, you, you know, your arms, I should say, uh, <laughs> hand sounds like child abuse, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, who's crying uncontrollably or whatever. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm forever saying, what's wrong? Well, they're not going to ask me. I need to be a bit more intuitive. And um, I'm learning and you know they're a massive investment. It's just like the training. I, I'm, I'm in this. Mm. I'm in it. There's no, there's no getting out. So, as I said earlier, it's all or nothing. So I'm in. I'm dad, and now I'm all dad. Amazing. What are your plans for the future? We obviously talked a little bit about the new gym. We um, a little bit about the podcast, and and obviously new baby. <laughs> yeah. What What are your plans for the future? What would you see for yourself? And um, well, I've, I've literally, I've taken on just two new clients. Um, luckily, from the training perspective, if you can get there, they're both come with big budgets. Mm. So I have decided to sort of create a one-stop shop. And this is the first time, they're the first two clients I'm doing this with. I've brought on a nutritionist that I knew, that I met in a David Lloyd gym that came up to me and we started talking. And we've, he's from that next generation. You know, I'm an old git. He's, he's new and fresh and young and hopefully got new ideas and, uh, and a great approach. So I've brought on him. I've got a relationship with a meal prep company, but not just um, any old meal prep company. I knew that my clients wouldn't have much buy-in to chicken and broccoli and rice in a thing. You've got to have a, a mindset for that. And, you know, that I'm not too sure that's everybody's mindset and for how long. So I went to a company that does nicer meals genuinely really really good meals and i was like can i have all your macros 
So I then made a spreadsheet of all the macros of the meals. That is the calories, the protein, the carbohydrates, and the fats. I then sent that to my uh, lovely sort of nutritional assistant, Luke, and he would then work out their macros. And I've also, this sort of ties in for you, just done a deal where I can now be a little clinician for a uh, blood company. So I can get bloods done and I can order them because I, I encourage my clients to do that. It's always an option. You know, mm-hmm. these are optional extras. The training is the the meat and the veg. Yeah. But if you want to have starter and dessert, I can offer that too. And so I've really expanded that. And I can see the bloods. I can order the bloods. If it was you, I could say, hey, doc, I've got the the uh, phlebotomies coming round at four on Friday. Or do you want to go to Wimpole Street, get it done, whatever. I want to create... Uh, a one-stop shop where you come to me and I will give you as much love as I possibly can and sort that out. I've got a stretch person as well who like I just fell in love with during lockdown. She sort of decompresses the body and I, I just don't know what to say. I could go on about her for hours, but she's a revolution, a, a Canadian ex-ballet dancer that's uh, working over in Tower Bridge. So I've got this pool of people that I can send uh, people off or we can make the call, do the Zoom, and then obviously I add the training. And if I can't make a session, I'm sort of getting to the idea now where I, I want an understudy. I want someone to come in and bish, bash, bosh. I'll pay them what I get paid. I don't want to make anything from them. And that's how I'd love to do that, you know, like big up myself, but like be a shining light in regards to you can make a living without ripping other people off, without, you know, and you can, it's that rising tide lifts all boats. Mm, I yeah, think that's yes, the right. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think we are, as trainers, we're too one-uppy. We're too in much what's going on on Instagram. Well, be honest with you, not much on my Instagram because I'm too busy riding the streets <laughs> of London to kind of see clients. <laughs> well, it sounds amazing. Oh, thank you. It sounds amazing. We talked a little bit about the podcast. What guests will you have on? Well, I'd love to have I'd love to have you on. Doc. It, <laughs> it, starts, it starts and ends with you. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> uh, we just we just keep bouncing back on each other's show. Eh? It just it changes. Um, so I basically we've got some Olympians. So we've got this idea of people who are the highest level of sport who can trickle down and tell people what they're doing now and how they did it. We've got trainers. Uh, and you know who might have different specialities, whether that be the stretching that I meant uh, the lady I um, have as my stretch therapist, Amy. She came on, um, and then people who and 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 people who have done it differently to why I've done it. I've got like some friends, some trainers that I admire that really just went after the online thing. You know, there's someone I, I'm thinking of in particular, and they they just went after something they call it love and sweat. Mm. and she wears that badge and she loves her clients and and how she thought about doing it was so different to how I think about doing it. For example, I think about doing stuff as in like, how do I be the best trainer? Well, she was like, how do I spread love and how do I market that love? Mm. Yeah, I've never, you know, I've never thought about marketing. And then uh, I might pull in a few favours and uh, bring in some people that I know that are, doing all right in life amazing so i also wanted to talk about um we talk about about success but what are the challenges that you faced along the way well time Mm -hmm. getting places getting around london um has managing time has been a real thing and as as you can probably see even though i've got that 
grand plan that I just mentioned that I'm now offering, I would really like people to come to me because I want to control the environment. I believe if I can do that, I can provide better sessions. And I, you know, if that, if I know that person performs better with a nice cup of coffee, I'll have it ready and waiting mm. before they come. You, you, I really want the details mm. and I want to be a great trainer. And I want, ultimately I would like to be, even though I live in little old Broxbourne now, rather than South East London, um, I want to be someone that people travel to, mm. you know, like I want to have some gravitas and go, Oh, you're, you're, you're a bit broken. Go see that guy. So I, I've learned this method that is the reason I went to Miami the second time where I do over 50 orthopedic measurements mm. on on you as an assessment. I plumb line you four ways for pic, for pictures and I look at your body. I'm, I put you on two scales to see the weight distribution and I, I then want to try and make you as awesome as possible. So I've got a, then a series of uh, corrective stretches and uh, exercises to get you where you want to go. Now, the guy who put this together, a, a truly amazing guy called uh, Donnie Raymond, some people would argue he's the greatest biomechanic guy alive, he he basically, with another guy called Jared, who was um, an aerospace engineer, they went after the research of what are the optimum ranges for your joints, etc. So, for example... I'm lifting my hand above my head now trying to touch the ceiling without arching my back or anything like that. What is the optimum range for that? Mine may be a little too far because I do handstands. And so I then go to you. If you want to be Uber Doc, this is the blueprint to follow. And by doing A, B, C, D, E, might take you a little while, but you can get beautiful balance within the body, beautiful ranges, and ultimately fix yourself. Mm. So I... I'm really into that idea of um, I want to take pain away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want, I want people to enjoy life. I'm getting older. I'm 46. I told someone the other day I was 36, which like <laughs> I had to be corrected. But I, you know, I, you know, when you just say things like that, I wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. It, I just don't see myself like that. Um, we mentioned my son. I, I make sure that I can stay at the bottom of a squat and enjoy it. He's only like. 10 weeks but in a year a year and a half time he'll be sitting and squatting i want to be able to do those movements i think we accept old age far too easily mm-hmm. we sort of go i can't do that anymore or i don't really want to do that it hurts my knee rather than changing the mindset and sort of saying how do i bring that knee back to life we live in tissue mm-hmm. it can be manipulated mm-hmm. there's a whole a plethora of things we can do you know to our genes you know and you know like to to stop our telomeres deteriorating and keep our chromosomes together so um supplements training you know our, our hormone levels optimum that i don't think the fitness world is quite exploring as much as we should be and perhaps that's one of the reasons why i've started to sort of say can we get a blood done and i'm now stepping in to sort of arrange that or advise on what the best package is the best package by the way is everything everything done for the first time so you know then i can see that board in front of me and go okay rather than just say oh you you your vitamin d3 is within the acceptable scale i'm like where's the best for you what's your life like okay maybe we've got to give you four thousand ius a day we've got to up your supplement or you know it might be all right you know do you see what i mean about picking those battles mm. and like being awesome I don't want to be, I don't want to be old and suffering. 
Mm. Well, it's actually really interesting because um, there's a lot of interest in that now, how we kind of um, maybe can stop or help the aging process and remain fitter. And, you know, that will definitely fits in with, yeah, there's a, what's going on. There's a guy you know. called uh, Dr. David Sinclair. Exactly. Yeah, and so I, I take um, half a milligram of resveratrol mm-hmm. and NMN mm-hmm. every day. I know he suggests a grand. I take the resveratrol food. So I've already started exploring that path, and I was straight on it. I found I found one, first of all, when I was in the States, but then I found the, the higher-grade one, that pure. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on that, and I've got to say... I obviously I wear an aura ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I've been using that, my metrics have got better. Amazing. Yeah, it took a took a month, but like for having a child, I should be falling off a cliff right now. But the quality, the actual, even though my total sleep time has come down, my deep and REM has gone up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's down to them. I take. Uh, Again, I listen to someone like Andrew Huberman. Mm. So I take uh, that Fadesia or Gritas, mm. and uh, I've forgotten the other thing. To- Oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It's the Indonesian root mm. thing. And I take the dose that he advised. You know, and these things are for testosterone, just natural supplements that are out there because I'm getting older, but I still want to lift things. I want to feel great, you know. Amazing. So I'm trying to find those advantages. And even though I am just a sounding board of one, and I'm very cautious on what I'm saying to people. I do let them know, I'm doing this. If you want to do it, feel free. Mm. I've got no promises, but... You know, these guys are smarter than me, and this is what they say. And um, obviously we were talking about the benefits it can have for your kind of physical, metabolic health. We also like to talk a little bit about the kind of mental health benefits of exercise. And what do you find in that? How has it helped you? And, you know, how how much benefit do you think it has in that way? It Its benefit is boundless. It really is. You You hear it a lot. You really, really do. You know, someone like... The body coach has really changed his tune in regards to he was just like hit and broccoli and now he really talks about the mental aspect of training. For myself, yeah, it's kept me sane. I think um I'm I'm slightly crazy, as a lot of people are. <laughs> Everyone. <but> I, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I am and um I've always been slightly, you know, when I I'm just gonna go there, I've always been slightly um beautified or put on a pedestal people who have killed themselves mm. you know my lot of when i was i was a uh there was a band called the manic street preachers in the 90s i was a huge fan and their guitarist richie edwards went missing and you know he was like my hero but it wasn't just him obviously i'm wearing a nirvana t-shirt you know that says it oh you know um these these people you know that you're just drawn to perhaps that romantic idea of they never age that is slightly weird and twisted i and I'm not saying that I am like anything like them or like that or have those feelings, but I do know that training has helped me keep my crazy side in check mm. and I have to train. Mm. And I sort of have an innate sense of that. Otherwise, I'm going to go a bit crazy. I think I've got deep down uh, an absolutely huge ego, mm. delusions of grandeur, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm dramatic. Mm. And I think training keeps all those three in check. So for me, you know, I love it. But, you know, and it does just make you feel better. It's a small victory every day. I I want a a cold uh, 
plunge pool at the minute. Been using ice and stuff like that for for donkeys. You know, coming from the fight background, we were getting in um year old. We'd fill them up the uh the bins, you know, the plastic bins, and we'd jump in that put ice in it. We were idiots. We'd do anything, but um, um, I like the idea that that scares me. I like that that every day I'm going to have to face something that's going to make me slightly uncomfortable. Mm. And I think when you do that, you really and it doesn't have to be that. It can be all sorts of things. It could be if you struggle to say present, could it could be breath work. Mm. It could be if you're just a bit of a like wimp and you don't like the hard work, mm. you know, get through the hard work, but I I sort of think that's part of being a human being and I have a I like all the Stoics and Stoicism, and I do think we're sort of, even though we're sort of saying being kinder, being softer, being gentler, I can't help but think the present part slightly empties our true soul, mm. our true essence. Mm. And I think there is struggle in our essence, in our makeup, and I think it has got us to where we are now. And I actually worry that maybe those other things which are seen as kinder and softer they may actually take us back, whereas I want to go forwards. I, I, you know, I want a brighter future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's really interesting. And um, people talk about you should be comfortable being uncomfortable, mm. and also, yeah, there is that need to push, push yourself. And that's interesting how things like the tough mother and all those kind of things like increase in popularity as people maybe seek to push themselves more than they doing in their daily life. You know, maybe this podcast for you. Mm. You know, the first time you. You turned up, you're like, you know, like, I want to do this, but I've got a little bit of jitters. I've got a little bit of flutters. And that's you step trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We talked, obviously, about your baby being a father. What would you kind of see for your son in the future? I know that's a big <laughs> question. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I'd like the planet to still be ticking around and there'd still to be orangutans out there in the wild so that they can... Uh, experience the planet that perhaps I've grown up with. Um, I, my job, I don't know. I just got to make him as badass, <laughs> as ninja as possible. Um, I believe in general physical preparation, which is a, a or preparedness, which is a, a Russian style of training, where basically you you just try and make an, someone an athlete, and then if they want to go be a footballer, they can be a footballer. If they want to go play tennis, they can go play tennis or do martial arts. You know. They had that base, that physical base. And again, it comes back to that thing. I think I've got to develop that mindset. I'd like I'd like Lil Axel to see me getting in the cold water every day and saying, dude, this sucks. <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere. I, I want to represent and I, I hope I represent him and, and the future generation well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. All this these is half things time, in the yeah? future. We're doing episode two. Episode two. And we're doing a whole um, Britannica encyclopedia of 24 episodes. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, so all of Rob's details and links to the Help Warrior podcast will be in the show notes. And thank you guys for listening. If you like today's shows, please rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. And for more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard Underscore, or you can visit my website, www.drrichardlondon.com. This is a Pod People production. It was recorded at Spiritland Studios, and the music is by Delhi Music. And we will see you next time. Pod.
ball.